When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Peacock streaming live sports and events, exclusive originals, and new movies. We've got Premier League. And the biggest live events coming this spring, like WrestleMania and the Indianapolis 500. Watch Peacock originals like Bel Air Now. And Show vs. Carol coming March 3rd. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Plus, blockbuster hits and new movies every week, including Marry Me. Starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson streaming now. With all this and so much more to love, sign up now at PeacockTV.com. And here we go again. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this Sunday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. I hope everyone's having a good weekend so far. I hope all you good white liberals out there, I hope you are still celebrating AAPI Heritage Month. And for you non-woke folk out there, that stands for the Asian American and Pacific Islanders. So we know, folks, that the good white liberals out there, when they're Cinco de Mayo, what are they doing? They're getting drunk at a Mexican bar during Black History Month. All those white people, all those good white liberals. Oh, we love the BIPOC folk. We're so down for the struggle. We just love Black History Month. We love to show how woke we are. Right, so I'm sure they're out there doing something as well. Although, White Boy Malcolm X, you know what I have not seen? And please, sir, please correct me if I am wrong. I have not seen Nancy Pelosi or her two eunuchs, Steny Hoyer and James Clyburn, you know, when it was Black History Month, they came out there with the Kenty cloth on, and they were all down for the struggle. They took that knee and everything. But, you know, for AAPI Heritage Month, I have not seen Nancy Pelosi dressed up as a geisha. Or, even better, I have not seen her dressed up like a Harajuku girl. <laughs> so Gwen Stefani could come along and steal her and make her part of her posse. I have also, folks, I have not seen Steny Hoyer or James Clyburn dressed up as samurais to show how down for the AAPI struggle that those two eunuchs are, but none of that's going on so far that I know. Do you, sir, do you know of anything going on on Capitol Hill that I am not aware of? You are not. Okay. I'm just checking. I mean, let's face it, though, folks. We will not see any of them to show how down for the AAPI struggle they are. None of them will be dressed up as Uyghur slaves picking cotton, right? Because we know that the NBA will get really butthurt if anyone draws attention to the fact that they buy shoes made from slave labor, right? Those Uyghur slaves, those other 
I think there are about 500,000 people in internment camps in that area in China, and they are all picking cotton to make shoes for black NBA players. <laughs> and yes, folks, I understand that there is a slight bit of irony having slave labor make shoes for black people, but you know, it is the NBA. They're woke, and if you don't like it, you're a racist. Yes, racist, white boy Malcolm X. That is how woke I am. And let's face it, folks, I am the most woke person I know. And I know if you say anything about Uyghur slaves and other minority slaves in China picking cotton to put shoes on black NBA players, they will call you a racist. (laughs) You mark my words, they will call anyone who says, hey, why are you wearing slave labor shoes? They'll be like, oh, you're just a racist, right? So (laughs) that's how they respond to pretty much anything. And if you think I'm crazy, folks, Just you wait, I got some stories for you. Of course, we also want to wish all you mothers out there a happy Mother's Day. Or if you are a man with a vagina and you have also given birth, happy birth parent day. (laughs) That's how woke I am, white boy Malcolm X, that I will wish a man with a vagina a happy birth parent day. That is how woke I am. One quick note about next week, which I will also remind you folks on Wednesday's podcast, but I will probably not be here all of next week. Mama Frost is calling me home, so Thursday I have to trudge down to Logan Airport and get on a plane and go down to South Carolina for a couple days, and I don't get back here until Sunday. I think I land around, I don't know, two or three, and I don't think I'm going to have time to get any show prep done or anything. So what we're going to do for next Sunday, a week from today, is we are going to do a best of smoking gun story. So all these great smoking gun stories we've had over the last couple of months, we're going to compile what we think are the best of those, and we're going to probably put together about, I don't know, hour, hour and a half of these stories for you all to listen to next Sunday. And for next Wednesday's podcast, I am getting my second COVID shot on Tuesday. So I have been told by quite a few people that the second shot will put your butt in bed for about a day or so. And I don't think I'm going to be the exception to that rule. So next Wednesday, I suspect I'm going to be down for the count. Hey, if I wake up that day and it's like, man, I feel just great. Even with that second COVID shot, I'll be here. Don't get me wrong. I will put some stuff together. But if I am not here, just in case, folks, we will do another best of. I don't know whether we'll do the woke folk or Queens, or something like that. Maybe Queens with clipboards, White Boy Malcolm X. We can dig those stories up. We'll figure something out for you folks. But yeah, looks like next week is probably going to be two best of shows, unless a miracle happens. But enough about next week's shows, or lack thereof. This week, we still have a couple of shows to do. And on this show, folks, we have got an action-packed episode for you. I believe, folks, I believe COVID Karen is going to stop by very briefly. I feel bad for COVID Karen these days because let's face it, folks, as I said on last Wednesday's podcast, COVID Karen is going to have to face the day when all of this COVID stuff eventually fades away, right? Mostly fades away to the point where you don't need COVID Karen that much anymore. So she's just going to have to go back to being a regular low rent Karen, right? (laughs) Calling the popo on her black neighbors, right? But not right now. She is still COVID Karen. She is still snitching on people. So she might stop by. Milo Yiannopoulos, our favorite ex-gay on the Miller Frost Show. That ex-queen, allegedly, supposedly, with her conversion therapy and happy ending day spa down in Florida. (laughs) She is back for more. She is star for attention. So she's back. 
Gay country star T.J. Osborne is here as well. I did not even know there was a queen amongst the country stars, but apparently there is. Alyssa Milano is here, folks, and here is a fun fact. If you Google the word shrill, her picture pops up. (laughs) Try that and see what happens. Trust me, Alyssa Milano's face will just like, it'll pop right up there. Of course, folks, of course we have the woke folk. They are always around. We can't get rid of them, even if we tried. And, of course, we will finish up today's podcast with another glorious smoking gun story. So now that we have the canvas out, the paint is ready to go, let's go ahead and jump into today's podcast. First off, of course, are our news quick hits, and this first one is from SF Gate. Disneyland's new Snow White ride adds magic, but also a new problem. (gasps) Heavens no! Let's find out what's going on over at Disneyland and their new Snow White ride. Here are a couple pull quotes. The new ride includes a more comprehensive storyline, but that's also the problem. The new grand finale of Snow White's Enchanted Wish is the moment when the prince finds Snow White asleep under the evil queen's spell and gives her true love's kiss to release her from the enchantment. A kiss he gives her without her consent while she's asleep, which cannot possibly be true love, if only one person knows it's happening. Haven't we already agreed that consent in early Disney movies is a major issue? That teaching kids that kissing, when it hasn't been established if both parties are willing to engage, is not okay? It's hard to understand why the Disneyland of 2021 would choose to add a scene with such old-fashioned ideas of what a man is allowed to do to a woman, especially given the company's current emphasis on removing problematic scenes from rides like Jungle Cruise and Splash Mountain. Why not reimagine an ending in keeping with the spirit of the movie and Snow White's place in the Disney canon, but that avoids this problem? White Boy Malcolm X, did I miss something? Did the prince rape her? He did not rape her, okay? Did he cop a feel while she was sleeping? He didn't cop a feel. He didn't touch her. (laughs) Yes, I know he kissed her, but the lips. Yes, that's what I figured. Okay, so he didn't like rape her while she was sleeping. He didn't like, hey, this woman's asleep. Let me grab her breasts. Honk, honk, you know, like uh, Al Franken. Remember him? He had to resign from Congress, from the Senate, because there was a picture of him holding his hands above some woman's breast where she was sleeping. He didn't do that, did he? Okay, so he didn't touch her until he kissed her. So they're getting hysterical at the SF gate because a fictitious character, a prince, a fictitious prince, kisses a fictitious woman who the fictitious man is in love with to break a spell that an evil queen cast upon this woman. That's what they're getting butthurt about. Do I have that right, White Boy X? They are getting mad about a fictitious character kissing another fictitious character. Okay, I just... And the two writers of this article, because let's face it, folks, when you're writing something this stupid, you need two people. You need two brains in San Francisco to put this crap together. Julie Tremaine and Katie Dowd, who I bet, folks, neither of them have ever been kissed by anyone, much less a prince. And they are slightly butthurt that a fictitious character is getting kissed. (laughs) Of all the things to complain about in life, this is why the rest of the world looks at us and goes, You people are bat-blank crazy. (laughs) If this is the hill you want to die on, these two women, (laughs) good God. 
Man, you ladies need to get a life. Bless both your hearts if this is what keeps you up at night. And it's funny, folks, because White Boy Malcolm X and I, well, I'm rewatching it. It is your first time, correct, sir? Yeah, that's what I thought. But we are watching Penny Dreadful, which is, a, I believe, a Showtime series that was on in the mid-2010s, probably at 2013, 14, 15, I don't know. But it's on Netflix now, and we've been watching that. It's got, like, Josh Hartnett. Timothy Dalton is another one. He played James Bond at some point. Reeve Carney is in that. I think he played Spider-Man on Broadway. He's one of those theater types. But, uh, yeah, we've been watching that. And lo and behold, folks, we were putting show prep together, and on the, I think it was the sixth episode of the first season, there is a scene between Reeve Carney, and he plays Dorian Gray. It's a neat show, by the way, if you haven't watched it. They have folks like him. They have Dr. Frankenstein in there. Van Helsing is in there, and they intermix them with these other characters. It's kind of, I think the first season's about vampires and whatnot, but yeah, there's a scene in the first season where he is out with another main character, and her name is Vanessa, the character's name. I don't know what the actress's name is, though. Sorry out there if that is you, but yeah, those two are over at Dorian's house, and they're flirting, and they're just kind of chatting it up, and he comes behind her, and his chin's like right above her neck, and he's like, may I kiss your neck? And she, folks, this is what she said. I actually went back and wrote it down. Don't ask permission. If you want to do a thing, do it because it is your desire, not my allowance. You must risk rejection. And I think, folks, I think that sums up nicely how the majority of people feel, right? This whole notion of consent. And it's become kind of comical how the colleges have tried to uh, police a lot of this stuff with, like, consent apps. <laughs> and you have to have some signed paperwork from it, right? you got to get that notarized as well. you got to have a notary in there and a witness if you're ever going to fool around with her, get past first base, second base. Yeah, but that apparently is what it has come to these days, especially in the woke centers of the U.S., any college campus, and of course, San Francisco and New York and all those other fun places, Julie Tremaine and Katie Dowd's world where no man would kiss them anyway. So they're super butthurt that some fictitious character kissed someone else. Bless your hearts, lady, if this is the hill you want to die on. Just because some man or some woman or some non-binary type out there with funky pronouns won't kiss you doesn't mean you have to ruin it for the rest of us. They're the type white by Malcolm X. You know, some woman comes into the office. She's like, oh, it was so romantic this morning. I woke up and my husband was kissing me. Those two would be like, ah, ah, he raped you. He assaulted you. He didn't have explicit consent. And the woman, she'd be like, no, no, it was true love's kiss. My husband loves me. And those two would be like, no, that was rape. That was horrible. He assaulted you. I pressed charges. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Julie and Katie. Have fun with that. From Campus Reform, Iowa State professor says she limits interactions with white people as much as possible. Uh-oh, sounds like trouble on the Iowa State campus. Let's find out more. Here are a couple pull quotes. One Iowa State University professor who was invited to speak on a student government diversity and inclusion panel on March 10th as opposed to folks, let's face it, the ones on March 11th and 12th and 13th and 14th and 15th. That is what a student government does. They have diversity and inclusion panels every day of the week because it's so much fun to get a bunch of people together to bash whitey, right? Allegedly tweeted that she limits her interactions with white people as much as possible. 
Professor Rita Mukherjee, and I think I am pronouncing that correctly, M-O-O-K-E-R-J-E-E. I'm sure I'm butchering it, but Rita, don't get butthurt. It's not on purpose. Who made the comments is a professor of sociology at Iowa State University. White Boy Malcolm X, does that strike you as odd? And what I mean by that is you've got Professor Rita Mukherjee. She hates white people, apparently. She does not like whitey. She is not a fan of whitey. She does not want to be around white people. But where does she go? Iowa State University, which, folks, let's face it, has got to be one of the most lily-white campuses <laughs> on God's green earth, right? Maybe Nebraska or Kansas beats it in the all-white category, but <laughs> Iowa is a pretty lily-white state, all things considered. And this chick, Professor Rita, goes to a predominantly white campus and then complains about all the white people around. <laughs> you can't make up this kind of stupid. But white boy Malcolm X, I guess my point is, there has to be something else. Professor Rita, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name again, but she goes to a predominantly white campus and complains about white people. There's got to be a trigger there somewhere, right? If she really hated Whitey that much, I suspect she would have picked another campus, not gone to Iowa or anywhere, <laughs> anywhere remotely near Iowa. But she did, right? She did. She picked that campus. So there must be something else. Oh, I forgot. There's one more poll quote. Lately, I try to limit my interactions with white people as much as possible. I can't with the self-importance and performance, especially during Black History Month, Mukherjee tweeted. So there you go, folks. <laughs> that answered my question. Professor Rita is tired of fake liberals on college campuses, which makes, to me, folks, it makes total sense <laughs> that she does not want to be around a bunch of self-important white people. And let's face it, folks. That is where you find them, right? On a college campus, all these snooty white liberals. They love to run around going, Oh, I love the BIPOC folk and the Latinx folks too. I love Latinx folks, right? Because they love the word Latinx, right? That is how you flag a snooty white liberal if they use the word Latinx. And performance? If she's talking about performance during Black History Month, she, folks, she has got to be talking about white women's tears. <laughs> All those dopey white Gen Z millennial chicks running around crying about the system. Oh, we've got to defund the police. Boo! Boo! We've got to have social justice. Boo! Right? And then they run back to their lily white neighborhoods <laughs> in the safety of mommy and daddy's arms, right? They create all sorts of mayhem, riding, burning, looting, having a grand gay old time in the inner city. But that's just, folks, that's just what the white girls like to do these days. Sometimes they'll even bang a black guy just to piss off mommy and daddy and show how really woke they are. But yeah, Professor Rita has had it with you snooty white liberals and you fake white liberals with your white women's tears. So Rita, and I mean this in a sincere way, bless your heart here for having to put up with all those frauds on that college campus. From the post-millennial, three UMass freshmen expelled for not wearing masks off campus. Hmm, they threw them off a campus for not wearing a mask, which is not even in their domain? Let's find out more about that. Parents of three girls are outraged after their daughters were suspended for not wearing masks during a private outdoor event. A trio of freshmen at the University of Massachusetts Amherst have been suspended after someone sent a picture of them at an outdoor gathering to the university administration. The photo shows the three girls in St. Patrick's Day garb at what appears to be an outdoor gathering. So these three chicks, white boy Malcolm X, they got tossed from school. And the full article, folks, 
they lost all their tuition money and their room and board and all that other crap just gone, right? They are thrown out of there. Man, they must have been a trio of mean girls if someone was so pissed off at them as freshmen to knife them like that. You think you're so hot? How's this? And gets them thrown out of school. Or, or wipe by Malcolm X, COVID Karen is scouring social media. COVID Karen, what do you want? Was that you snitching on those poor freshman chicks over at the UMass Amherst campus? You're damn right I snitched on them. They should have been wearing a mask. They should not have been outside. They were not social distancing. They were right next to each other without a mask at St. Patrick's Day. Why was that not canceled? Why was St. Patrick's Day not canceled? That should have been canceled. You know you're not supposed to drink green beer when there's a COVID crisis going on. That is just unacceptable. That is horrible behavior. They should be thrown out twice. When they reapply and get back in, they should throw them out again. That is unacceptable behavior, and I will not tolerate it. COVID Karen, now, now, you have to be nice. I'm not going to be nice. I can't take these kids anymore. All they want to do is brag about themselves on social media, and they're not wearing any masks, and they're sending the wrong message to the other kids, and I can't have it. Ah! Okay, then. <laughs> you kids out there have been warned. COVID Karen is trolling your Instagram and Facebook feeds to catch you in the act. Another reason, White Boy Malcolm X, I am glad I am not on those stupid platforms. <laughs> Someone knifing you like that. Damn. From the Daily Wire, Columbia University professor argues that detention, sterilization of Uyghurs does not constitute genocide. That sounds interesting. Let's find out more. Here are a couple poll quotes. A Columbia University professor co-authored an article arguing that Uyghur Muslims in the Xinjiang province of China are not facing genocide. Jeffrey Sachs, a professor at Columbia University, and William Shabas, a professor of law at Middlesex University in London, penned an op-ed in Project Syndicate arguing that genocide is an inappropriate charge against a country that is detaining a minority group against their will. The duo also argues that China is justified in taking action against Uyghurs because the minority group is akin to terrorists who attacked the United States in September of 2001. So White Boy Malcolm X, Jeffrey Sachs, a professor at Columbia University, another douchebag on an Ivy League campus... (laughs) He is arguing, I guess, that genocide is just not the right word. Slavery, maybe? I don't know what kind of word he wants to use. Well, you know, technically it's not genocide if they're keeping them enslaved and they're neutering everyone. That's not really genocide. It's not technically, because look, guys, I got this guy, William Shabazz. He's a professor. He's a law professor over at Middlesex University in London. and He's my legal advisor in this matter. And so he says that genocide is technically, it's just not the right word to use. I would, I would just say sterilizing them enslaving them. You know, they're very busy. They don't have time to reproduce anyway, so they just want to neuter everyone because that way they can spend more time picking cotton for black NBA players because that's really an important part of what they do out there. You know, they're out there with a couple hundred thousand other people and they are enslaved to pick cotton so that black NBA players can wear their shoes. Yeah, so it's not really, I wouldn't call it genocide. I just think that's just not the right term. And this rumor going around that I'm a whore to China or I'm a whore to the NBA. I'm not a whore to either of them. I'm a whore to both of them. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That is what you get, I guess, on an Ivy League campus. This schmuck, Jeffrey Sachs, (laughs) whoring himself to be in good favor with his Chinese overlords. So don't call it genocide, folks, because you don't want the 
communist Chinese who enslave people to pick cotton for black NBA players. You don't want them to be angry at you. So another whore for China, white boy Malcolm X. Another one, as if there aren't already enough. And for our last news quick hits, and speaking of whores, although not to China, this story is from Queerty. Milo Yiannopoulos just threw his wedding ring in the ocean along with his dignity. So those queens at Queerty are at it again. They're no longer beaten up on Colton Underwood or Goose Kentworthy. They're not beating up on those two clowns, but they are going after Milo. And here are a couple pull quotes there. Right-wing roach. God. (laughs) You bitchy queens. Right-wing roach Milo Yiannopoulos wants the world to know he just shed his wedding band in the ocean. We're guessing he also shed the last vestiges of his dignity along with it, assuming he still had any. The self-proclaimed ex-gay posted a video of himself tossing what he dubbed his sodomy stone (laughs) into the sea as a sign that he has changed his sexual orientation. Yeah, right, dear. He further claims it featured a price tag of (laughs) $145,000. Was Milo Yiannopoulos married, white boy Malcolm X? I mean, I knew he had the boy toy at the house, right? The one he used to sleep with. But I did not realize that was a spouse or ex-spouse. I thought that was just like a, a boyfriend or something. He still had to get the guy a new Porsche and some Givenchy, whatever, every year, what have you. But I didn't realize he was married. And on top of that, he had a sodomy stone. <laughs> Milo, bless your heart, dear. Goodness, 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 goodness. Anyway, there is actually more. So hold on a second, folks. The more I look at this gigantic four-carat money pit, he says in the video. Okay, so that cannot be the boy toy because he's buying the boy toy stuff. The boy toy is not buying him anything. So now the question is, what idiot bought Milo Yiannopoulos a $145,000 wedding ring? And no, folks, I am not even going to bother looking that up. The more I thought this is the perfect example of some of the lies I bought into in my previous life. For instance, the lie that I could be a rabid culture warrior for the right and a sodomite at the same time, I can't. And just the thought, folks, of him having sex makes me want to throw up my lunch. So I chartered a boat, and here we are instead, a couple miles off the coast of Honolulu. I've prayed, drunk an enormous amount of vodka, and I've reminded myself that nothing beautiful or true can be made or grow on a foundation of wickedness. And I can only imagine, white boy Malcolm X, what he is referring to when he talks about a foundation of wickedness. God, what a drama queen. I'll tell you what, folks, I am not that naive to think that he has learned his lesson. He has learned that material things do not buy happiness. No, that shallow queen or ex-queen, sorry there, Milo, didn't mean to, I don't know, miss sexual orientation you. Like that, assuming that you're still gay in some way. Although, folks, we did have an article, what, a couple months ago, White Boy Malcolm X, where he did admit to slipping up after a couple hundred days. So every couple hundred days, Milo likes to go back for man meat. (laughs) But I guess he is ex-gay because, as I've theorized previously, he needs, folks, he needs to make bank. And the best way to make bank right now is for him to run his silly little conversion therapy and happy ending day spa. So bless your heart, Milo. Don't worry, dear. It'll be okay. Poor princess. It'll be okay, dear. 
Man, oh man. Okay, I am done with that queen. So let's go to another one. <laughs> Here is the start of our news pile. Yes, wipe on Malcolm X gay at the front, smoking gun at the back. We only have a couple of stories, so please wipe on Malcolm X. Please, 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 please. Please, sweet baby Jesus. Under an hour and a half. Speaking of which, though, wipe on Malcolm X, our Wednesday podcast, hour and 27 minutes. <laughs> Seriously, we cannot do that anymore midweek. But I digress. Let's go ahead and jump into this. And this is from Pink News. Gay country star T.J. Osborne hurt after Republicans block move to honor his brave coming out. God, He is a high-maintenance drama queen, and I have only just read the headline. God, a brave coming out. He's just like uh, Ronan Rubenstein. Remember that one, White Boy Malcolm X? He came out as bisexual, which is, let's face it, folks, the laziest designation in our tribe. And why? Because a bisexual will do anyone right that uh ronan rubenstein will do anyone and i hope his girlfriend i hope she dumped him before he could uh start banging boys behind her back and of course we also had bmx pro Corey walsh on this program he also came out he had a defiant message of hope coming out in what 2020 2021 how brave they are to come out as gay in the 21st century Man, you kids have it so hard these days. Poor princesses. <laughs> Let's find out more about T.J. Osborne's burden of coming out and how brave that was for him. T.J. Osborne has said he is hurt, or as I like to say, he is butthurt, after Republicans blocked a resolution commending him for coming out as gay. The Brothers Osborne singer, who I have never heard of, came out as gay in an interview with Time Magazine in February. And people found out about that, White Boy Malcolm X? <laughs> I mean, I didn't think anyone read Time Magazine. I figured it's the safest place to come out as gay because no one will ever know, leading the Tennessee legislator to honoring him as a role model. For what? A role model for what? Sleeping with another man? <laughs> that will get you a designation... <laughs> As a role model in Tennessee, you come out and go, Hi there, I'm just a big old girl. <laughs> whoop de doo Hey, Tennessee legislature, I'm Miller Frost and I'm a big old queen. Now, do I, do I get my very own honor as well? No. The state Senate unanimously passed a motion that he praise on T.J. Osborne for making the brave decision to be publicly forthcoming about such an integral, heretofore muted part of his identity. The resolution also described Osborne as a trailblazer. You go, girl. Noting that he is the first openly gay country music artist signed to a major country music label. While the resolution sailed through Tennessee Senate, Republican politician, and let's face it folks, a hate monger and a homophobe, Jeremy Faison, intervened, using his power as House Republican Caucus to block its passage. Following his intervention, 63 representatives voted to send the resolution back to a committee that is close for the year, the Holler reported. On his Instagram stories, Osborne admitted that he was hurt, or butthurt, by the Fuhrer. I wish I could say that this didn't hurt, but it does, he wrote. Oh, oh, poor princess. Oh, poor princess. Poor princess didn't get his little resolution passed. Oh, Oh, baby, it's going to be okay. God. What a freaking drama queen. Guy comes out of the closet. Two minutes later, he's just saying, yep, 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 yep. 
It's all about me. I'm a drama queen. Yep, 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 yep. Opening up about his decision to come out on CBS's This Morning in March, because I guess he realized, hey, nobody knows I'm gay. I go to Time Magazine and I'm like, nobody said anything. So off he goes to CBS. Osborne said he felt stuck in second gear before telling the world about his sexuality. And I'm not reading any more of that. So 36 years old, white boy Malcolm X. Hmm. Another self-absorbed millennial. Look at me. Look at me. I'm gay. Whoop-dee-doo, kid. This is what you get, folks, from the everybody gets a trophy generation. (laughs) Millions and millions and millions and millions of people have come out of the closet and nobody says a damn word, right? This guy, this guy is butthurt because he wants a special, super special trophy or whatever from the Tennessee legislature that shows how brave he is for doing what everyone else is doing. If everyone else can do it and they don't get recognized by their home state legislature, he can do it as well. So TJ, Jesus Christmas girlfriend, just stop being such a freaking spoiled brat drama queen. Grow up. And no, white boy Malcolm X, I am not butthurt like this clown is. I am not butthurt because the state of South Carolina, they didn't give me anything when I came out. I'm like, hello, I'm Miller Frost. I'm a big old queen. Where's my participation trophy? I'm going to act just like T.J. Osborne. When I go back to South Carolina this week, I am going to drive down to Columbia. I'm going to stand in front of that state house and be like, hey, Miller Frost, big old queen, where's my participation trophy? Of course, in South Carolina, they'll be like, get out of here, you stupid queen. (laughs) Go back to Boston. From Outspoken, black TikTok star calls Alyssa Milano... (gasps) A white supremacist who finds power in fear. So white boy Malcolm X, Alyssa Milano, is a white supremacist. Hiding about, lurking in the shadows. Hmm, I didn't know that. Let's find out more. A young black woman who, let's face it folks, she is in a world of hurt. She is going to be in a lot of trouble (laughs) for calling out Princess Alyssa Milano. She is going to get canceled and thrown off a TikTok if she hasn't already. A young black woman is making waves across the internet after calling left-wing Hollywood actress Alyssa Milano a white supremacist in a video that has since gone viral. You don't have to be a white supremacist. Hiding about, lurking in the shadows. You can do better, the woman, Savannah Edwards, who describes herself as an elder millennial, says in the video. Now that white boy Malcolm X... That is the type of millennial I like. (laughs) An elder millennial. She's like, okay, I admit it. I'm kind of in their tribe, but I'm an elder millennial. I'm not one of those idiots (laughs) who are about 5, 10, 15 years younger than me. Please, 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 please do not throw me in with those clowns. Man, that does remind me, though. I have a friend of mine, and he is also an elder millennial. And I tell you what, though, folks, we were talking about generational whatever. I don't know, just blah, 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 right? And... I made the point about millennials being within, I think, 1983 to whatever. And he got really, really triggered when I accused him of being a millennial. He's like, no, I'm not a millennial. I'm like, well, yeah, technically you are because you were born on this date. And this is when the line was, oh, no, no, I'm not a millennial. I am not a millennial whatsoever. And so (laughs) it's probably what this young lady is doing as well. She's probably like, I'll at least admit that I'm a millennial, but I'm an elder millennial, right? 
I'm not TJ Osborne wanting a participation trophy for doing something like coming out of the closet. That is not Savannah Edwards. The video opens with a clip of Milano, an activist who supports the defund the police movement. So yes, folks, another hysterical white woman who wants to defund the police for everyone else while she lives in her Tony neighborhood, well protected from the mayhem she's causing elsewhere. For those of us who are not black men, imagine watching the news and seeing how people who look like you are portrayed, Milano says. Edwards claps back at the actress, calling her a white woman with a microphone and stressing, you are everything you preach against, you're not helping, you're making things worse, you're causing more division. Edwards also backs up her criticisms of Milano, stating, Statistically speaking, I am more likely to be shot and killed by my black elderly neighbor across the street than a cop patrolling my neighborhood. Statistically speaking, homicide by cop is very rare. Ooh, honey, you're not supposed to say that. But people like you find power in fear, so you keep it front page news. This is not the first time Edwards, a rising social media star, has gone after woke white liberals on TikTok, debunking claims of racism and systemic oppression. In another popular post, Edwards responds to a white woman who claims that Abraham Lincoln did not free the slaves and that Frederick Douglass deserves to be enshrined in a statue instead of the 16th president. History is uncomfortable. It's not designed to make you feel good. It just is, she says to the woman. If you're going to be a white savior, make sure you get a white hood to match. <laughs> Savannah Edwards, honey, I love you to death, man. That is too funny. I tell you what, though, it is another black woman who has looked out and seen a bunch of hysterical white millennial Gen Z chicks crying those white women's tears. Boo, boo, right? And she's like, no, no, I'm not putting up with this crap anymore. <laughs> so Savannah Edwards, great job out there speaking truth to power, even if power is a shrill, dopey white chick like Alyssa Milano. Ten bucks, Wipeout Malcolm X. Ten bucks that some virgin woke pajama boy over at TikTok deplatforms her at some point. From the New York Post, man who spray-painted 100 penises on road threatened with legal action. Uh-oh, I know you queens out there like, where, where, I need to go driving. Settle down, girls. We'll get to that soon enough. A New Zealand activist who specializes in drawing large penises around the streets of Auckland has finally been threatened with legal action. Jeff Upson, who calls himself a road safety campaigner, estimates he has made about 100 lewd drawings on streets with potholes in the hopes that the phallic images will motivate officials to pave over them, according to the New Zealand Herald. Yeah, like that's going to work with a government agency. Auckland Transport confronted Upson over the stunt last week and filed a complaint with the police, who followed up with a doodling activist, the article said. The crass drawings caused a safety risk and a distraction for other drivers, officials reportedly said. <laughs> to queens and to women with husbands with small penises, the vulgar vandal is standing by his work. Offended? Good. Maybe the road will get fixed soon, the 30-year-old wrote on his Facebook page. <laughs> Another one who wants a participation trophy. Can you see that, though, white boy Malcolm X? Auckland Transport confronting him, going over to that queen and, uh... Yes, queen. Well, I mean, 
Seriously, who else would draw a big penis on the street? <laughs> Gotta be a queen, right? Oh, I just want one that big. Oh, I just want one that big. Can you see him painting these things out there? <laughs> Little tiny baby pothole, right? But he's gonna draw a huge penis all around there, right? It'll be this tiny little thing. It'll be like, oh, well, that thing deserves the penis as well. Here goes the penis. My, that thing is huge. I love it, right? And all the other queens drive around. Oh, look, dear, there's another penis. I wish yours was that size. <laughs> I know how those queens think, white boy Malcolm X, but yes, can you see that? They go over there and they confront him. You know, you can't really be drawing these penises all over the road. And he's probably like, well, I'm sorry, but there is a pothole on that road, and I'm going to continue to draw huge penises on the road until you get that pothole fixed. They're probably like, well, I'm going to call the cops. He's probably like, go ahead. I dare you. (laughs) Another 30-year-old drawing penises on the road because he is butthurt about potholes. And speaking of potholes, because we on this podcast, folks, yes, yes, I am going there. Do you know where this story could cause a huge amount of trouble? And if you're like, well, Miller, Miller, I have no idea where potholes on the road would cause this much trouble as it is in Auckland, New Zealand. Well, folks, you clearly have not been listening to this podcast because where are the worst potholes in this country? They are between the Buttigieg household and the dry cleaners. Chastin, Chastin, where are you going, dear? Well, I have to just go out for a little bit. Where are you going? I'm just going out. Why do you have that can of spray paint? Because I'm going out. Are you going to be spray painting something? Well, as a matter of fact, I am. I read this article in the New York Post. You read the New York Post? Well, not really, but I have a news alert, and if the word penis comes up, then I get a news alert on it, and this story came up, and it was from the New York Post. Well, what does that have to do with spray painting? Well, this guy in Auckland, New Zealand, you know what he did when he saw a pothole? He got out of his car, and he spray painted a ginormous penis all around the pothole. And? And, do you know how many potholes are between this house and that dry cleaner? No, I don't. Well, enough that I'm probably going to need a second can. And I have told you, Pete, I have told you several times now about all the potholes between this house and that dry cleaner. Do you know why I have to go between this house and that dry cleaner? Yes, Jason, I already know why. Well, I'm going to tell you again. The reason why I have to go from this house to that dry cleaner all the time is because you wear cheap suits. And you ride that stupid bicycle one block because you got to show everyone how PC and green you are. And I know that you don't even bother to recycle half the time. And so I got to get in my car with your cheap suits that are all dirty because you got to ride them one block. And that road, Pete, that road is full of potholes and I am tired of it. I told you. I almost spilled my iced coffee the other day, and I would have had to have taken my pants off to get them dry clean at the same time. And now I am tired of this, so I am going to go out on that road, and I'm going to draw a penis every time I see a pothole. And that way, someone around here, someone, I guess, who says he works at the Department of Transportation, who says he's the Secretary of Transportation, such a fancy title, Pete, he can get out there and pave those roads. And I tell you what. I am going to keep painting penises over and over and over again until that road gets paved or you stop riding that stupid bicycle one block. And another thing, if I see a small pothole, I am going to draw a small penis and I'm going to write Pete next to it. Okay, Chastin, I'll get that paved right away. Oh, man, I tell you what, White Boy Malcolm X, those two, the Buddhist girls, those two are always arguing every time we listen in on them. Thank God, though, folks. Last time we listened in, man, it got really awkward and kinky creepy. So 
I'm glad they didn't start down that road again. But yeah, every time we happen to tune in to the Buttigieg's, they are going at it. Bless their hearts. Bless their Indiana low-rent hearts. From Campus Reform, Campus Paper Editor-in-Chief couldn't walk past a white person without shaking. Uh-oh, somebody's got the trembles. Let's find out a little bit more. The editor-in-chief of a University of Denver campus newspaper wrote an op-ed expressing her anger towards white people about the Atlanta shootings targeting Asian women, which is, folks, a lovely poetic truth, right? We've been talking about that quite a bit on this podcast. It is a lovely narrative that she's trying to sell, but the literal truth, and I believe that was the FBI that came out and said that, no, it was not a targeted hate crime. The guy just had some sex addiction issues and went in to shoot up a one of these massage places, right? And it just happened to have a bunch of Asian women in there. But yet, even if those women were not targeted because they're Asian, that defies folks, that defies the poetic truth. And so folks like this chick, this editor-in-chief over at the University of Denver, she's going to keep telling that lie because she just wants to beat up on Whitey and it's a great narrative, right? She doesn't give a crap what the actual truth is that It was a really horrible thing that happened there, but it was not a racial hate crime. But she doesn't give a crap. She's going to keep spinning the poetic truth because that is the better narrative. The shooting cannot be defined as an either-or, where one must pick between gender and race, wrote editor-in-chief of the DU Clarion, Kiana Marzen, in the piece titled Dear White People. Describing how she felt after learning about the shooting, She wrote, I couldn't walk past a white person without shaking on my way to work. Man, white boy Malcolm X, now that is a drama queen. I wonder if she's in our tribe. Marzin alleged that all white people are responsible for a reported surge in violence against Asian Americans and that using the term China virus is spreading xenophobia and (gasps) white supremacy. I wonder if Alyssa Milano is out there hiding about, lurking in the shadows, Because let's face it, folks, we now know that Alyssa Milano is a white supremacist. (laughs) So she is out there as well, trying to cause trouble for that poor drama queen, Kiana Marzin. And folks, she's not done. (laughs) No, not with these woke folk. Once they get on a roll, they get on a roll. Because blaming Whitey for everything, (laughs) blaming all the white people out there for this, yeah, that's not dramatic enough. Marsden denounced any choosing not to speak out about these events for committing microaggressions, using racially coded language, and deny that silence is violent. And what did I tell you, folks? I think it was a couple months ago on this podcast, we talked about microaggressions, and I said, you can say something, and someone's going to say, that's a microaggression, you're being racist, blah, 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 right? Or you cannot say something, and your silence is also a microaggression. You didn't say anything. I know. What's the problem? That's a microaggression. You'd be like, crap, I can't win with these people. I say something, I get yelled at. I don't say something, I get yelled at. Just tell me what to say. Get on the re-education camp train. And if you think that's not coming, you are wrong. So White Boy Malcolm X. And folks, we still got a couple more paragraphs to go. So buckle up. But White Boy Malcolm X, she is highly triggered by white people. That we know, right? She sees a white person. She starts to tremble, right? She is trembling. She is shaking there. Ah, 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 I'm triggered. I'm triggered. I'm triggered, right? She is so freaked out about white people now. She sees white people. And then 
On top of that, folks, she trashes whitey, all white people. All of us are responsible for the surge in violence against Asian Americans. Even though, folks, but don't tell her, don't tell the woke folk, a lot of these are being caused by other minorities attacking Asians. But shh, shh, don't say anything about that. It's white people. Whitey sucks. It's white people. There's a poetic truth here. Shh. And then, on top of that, she starts to throw around microaggressions. <laughs> You're not saying the right things. You're not saying anything at all. Microaggressions galore, right? Those are now also on the table. And if you folks are like, man, that is enough. That is one psychotic woke chick, Miller. I can't take anymore. Folks, she is not done. She still has to screw the folks that work over at the University of Denver. Marzen also accused the faculty and administration of crowding out racial minorities with their whiteness. You are administrators who attend a support space and, being the only ones who feel comfortable and safe enough to turn your videos on, flood the Zoom call with your whiteness, she wrote. It will remind us of your privilege and power as we grieve. So you folks out there, just a quick one. I guess using Zoom is a sign of white supremacy. So if you want to ever get out of having to do that, you're like, ah, crap, I got another one of these stupid Zoom calls I got to deal with, right? You can be like, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm very woke out there. And I just feel like if I used my camera, it just shows my white supremacy and my power and my privilege. And what is anyone going to say to that, right? Nothing. <laughs> they don't want to be called a racist. Marsden asserted that all trauma being experienced is historically rooted in white supremacy, adding that black and brown communities are not provided the same protections by law enforcement. Did I miss something, white boy Malcolm X? Do I have Kiana Marsden complaining about a lack of police presence? Because that is what it sounds like to me, folks. Black and brown communities are not provided the same protections by law enforcement. I thought they hated Popo. I thought they wanted to defund the police. And you got some of these woke folk out there going, when I say defund the police, I do not mean cut their budget. I mean defund the police. They mean zero police officers, right? That is what they mean by defund the police. And this stupid chick, Kiana Marsden, who I guarantee you folks, she probably wrote at least 10 articles screaming about how the police are racist and how we need to abolish them. But now she's complaining, folks, that the black and brown communities don't have enough police. <laughs> you can never win with these people. It's like the microaggression. You say something, microaggression. You don't say something, microaggression, right? You defund the police, you're a racist because you're not giving us the same police protections. You have the police, you're a racist because you're only using the police to keep us down. <laughs> and to these people, this Alice in Wonderland nutty thinking is perfectly rational and you're the idiot. <laughs> because you think they're crazy. She concluded by calling for radical change and for whites to sacrifice their power and privilege. And what's the fun of that for you, dear? I figured you would just love to screw Whitey, <laughs> screw him and her and they. Of course, we have white people with funky pronouns, right? Screw all of them, all of us, out of our supposed power and privilege that you think we have just by our skin tone, right? I figured you'd want to just screw us to the very end, right? But now you just want us to go, Oh, we surrender. Of course you complain about that, right? You complain about anything. What do you want here? I want this. Okay, here it is. Well, I don't want that now. Okay, what do you want? You want me to take it away? Yes. Okay, I'm taking it away. Where'd it go? You know, she's like a freaking five-year-old. A five-year-old spoiled brat. That's what this Kiana Morrison is. 
You idiots over at the University of Denver, you're screwed because if you try to throw this nitwit off your campus, she is going to scream racist, racist, racist all day, every day. So enjoy having this train wreck on your campus the next four years. And Ibram and Robin and Taneshi, all you good woke folk out there making huge bank selling this woke garbage to everyone. I hope you're happy still. Yes, I hope you are laughing your ass off as you take your wheelbarrows full of money all the way down to the bank to make a huge deposit selling woke crap to gin up hatred like this so this nitwit clown over at the University of Denver, Keanu Marsden, can spew this type of toxic hate out at the rest of us. I'm screaming myself hoarse again, white boy Malcolm X. (laughs) Man, those idiots just rile me up sometimes, but... Yeah, okay, we are moving on, folks, and we are down to two stories, White Boy Malcolm X. Yes, two stories, folks, and of course, the first one has to deal with the science, right? We love to hear about the science and what the science says, right? And up here, and I didn't pull the article, but it would have been a fun one to laugh at, but these rich white liberals up here in Massachusetts, they are tearing into each other these days over, I guess, the... uh, the mask mandates with children, right? Because the science says this and the science says the exact opposite of this, right? And back and forth, all these rich white parents, some of them want their kids to have the mask off when they're playing sports. Others want the kids to have the mask on and it's going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But folks, we do have the science, but it's not about a bunch of hysterical COVID Karens in Massachusetts stabbing each other over stupid mask mandates. This is from Adi. And how is this science? You queens out there, You better sit down because this one, you girls are in for it. Men with bigger noses have bigger penises, says science. So folks, we have to believe this to be true because the science, the science says it so. You know what they say about men with big hands, right? Or big feet or fingers of a certain length? Our point is that there are a lot of sayings and theories about how the sizes of different body parts correlate with the size of a dude's manhood. If you can't remember them all, we have good news for you. Science has figured out where you should be looking. And the answer is a little bit on the nose. A new Japanese study published in the journal Basic and Clinical Andrology discovered that there is a correlation between the size of a man's nose and his ding-a-ling. Basically, the big... (laughs) Makes me think of Chuck Berry's song, My Ding-a-ling. Basically, the bigger the nose, the bigger the penis. This study is the first to demonstrate the relationship between stretched penis length, SPL, God, and nose size, the research team writes in the study. And just so we're clear, SPL means the maximum length of the penis during erection. This means that the guy's nose is a good indicator of what his equipment is like when, ahem, standing at attention. It also means that the nose metric is reliable when it comes to getting down and dirty, If your big-nosed lover seems disappointing initially, he's probably just a grower, not a shower. (laughs) And can you see these queens out there, white boy Malcolm X? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I better recheck my Tinder and my Grindr profiles. I got to see out there who's got the big noses. Oh, Jesus. Those are the ones I want to see now. Swipe right for big noses. Oh, glad I know that now. God. And I tell you what, folks, the first person to come out with a new picture filter that enlarges the size of someone's nose in a photo, man, they are going to make 
huge bank. Just like Ibram X. Kendi and Robin D'Angelo and all those other woke folk selling that hate to the kids these days. And folks, yeah, I am not going to get into it, but you know how they did this study? Cadavers. <laughs> yes, they took dead bodies and measured their noses and their penises. <laughs> that must have been a lot of fun. Man, that was a short story, Wipe on Malcolm X. I mean, I guess I could have read more, but it's like, eh, I am ready for the smoking gun story. I am ready to wind down this podcast. Not that I am not having fun, but hey, we will be back again on Wednesday. So here is our smoking gun story. Just another Saturday night outside Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk and rock and roll steakhouse. White boy Malcolm X. Kid Rock has a restaurant called Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk and rock and roll steakhouse. You don't know? Well, apparently he does. But I didn't know that either. I wonder where they are. But no, I am not going to Google that. Meet Nicholas Newhart. As for what landed the 39-year-old Tennessee resident behind bars this week, so apparently white boy Malcolm X, Kid Rock's big-ass honky-tonk and rock-and-roll steakhouse is in Tennessee. Well, the details are rather disgusting. For those with a strong stomach, click here to read about Newhart's May 1st confrontation with police. Folks, don't worry, I have that which began outside the emergency exit door of Kid Rock's big-ass honky-tonk and rock-and-roll steakhouse in Nashville. So here you go, folks. I'm going to read from the affidavit. I don't know why those folks over at the Smoking Gun thought you needed a strong stomach for it. I didn't think it was that bad. They're just being overly dramatic. They're acting like those stupid queens over at Queerity. But here you go. The defendant was outside drunk holding a bottle of beer, blocking the outside side emergency exit door at Kid Rock's at 221 Broadway. Kid Rock's security told the defendant to leave the outside door area, but he refused to leave on his request. Metro police officers were flagged down on the defendant actions. When the Metro police officers arrived to the location to assist security, the defendant took out his colostomy bag from the inside of his front pants area, and started to swing the bag around from left to right, hitting two of the Metro police officers with his feces. The defendant was completely drunk when taken into custody without any further incident. Charged with disorderly conduct, public intoxication, and two counts of assaulting a police officer, Newhart is being held at the Davidson County Jail in lieu of $4,500 bond. Newhart, who has a Confederate flag tattoo on the back of his head, and a neo-Nazi 1488 tattoo on his forehead, has a rap sheet with convictions for theft, vandalism, obstruction, and public intoxication. So folks, I know that sometimes reading an affidavit like that can be somewhat confusing. I know I might be a little bit confused. Why by Malcolm X, would you be confused possibly? Maybe? Possibly? Okay. I'm just checking. I just... So folks, I just... For me, it helps me, folks, to explain the story and kind of go through it just to make sure that I understand everything correctly. So we have folks, we have Nicholas Newhart and apparently Nicholas is a Nazi and probably a white supremacist hiding about, lurking in the shadows and hanging out folks, hanging out at Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk and rock and roll steakhouse. And so Nicholas is apparently drunk. And I don't know, folks, I don't know whether he got drunk before he went over to Kid Rock's big-ass honky-tonk and rock-and-roll steakhouse. I don't know if he got drunk at Kid Rock's big-ass honky-tonk and rock-and-roll steakhouse. But apparently, he was pretty drunk when this story picks up. So imagine, folks, that he is drunk and he is there. And for some reason, while he is at 
Kid Rock's Big Ass Honky Tonk and Rock and Roll Steakhouse, he decides that he is going to go out and he is going to go hang out outside, maybe to smoke a cigarette. Who knows what he's doing out there? But he takes his beer bottle and he goes out there and he is having himself, I don't know, a grand gay old time, just like a looter, rioter, burner from the BLM movement, right? One of these hysterical millennial Gen Z white chicks, right? He is out there having himself a, I don't know, he's just hanging out there, right? And then Kid Rock Security goes out there and says, sir, sir. We can't have you hanging out here, right? This is an emergency exit door. We cannot have you hanging out here. And he's probably like, eh, I'll do what I want. I'm going to hang out around here. I like hanging out here. I got my beer bottle here, and I'm hanging out just enjoying myself. Right? And security's like, sir, seriously, we can't have you hanging out here. This is the emergency exit. You cannot be blocking the emergency exit. I'm just hanging out here. I got my beer bottle. I'm good. Don't you worry about it, folks. Don't you worry about it at all. And then, folks, Kid Rock security sees the popo out in the distance. And they're like, popo, popo. And they're waving their hands, popo, popo. And the popo are walking by and they're like, ah, crap. Another dumpster fire over at Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk and rock and roll steakhouse. Another one. Another Saturday night. Another nutty night. Damn it. Why do we even have to look over this way? And the other police officer's like, you don't. We can always just walk by and say we didn't see him. Now, now we got to go over there. We got to go help him. You can clearly see that there's some drunk over there. They got to deal with this. Every time we walk by Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk and rock and roll steakhouse, there is always trouble. Might as well just get this trouble over with and then we can carry on. So the two of them go over there, right? And they've got Kid Rock security standing right there. They've got this drunk guy with a beer bottle there. And they're like, what is going on? How can we help? And Kid Rock security's like, officers, thank you for coming over here. I've got this guy here and I've asked him to please step away from the emergency exit and he is here and he is drunk and he's got his beer bottle and he will not get out of the way and I cannot have him standing here like this. And the police officer's like, sir, sir, is this true? He's like, I'm just hanging out here, I got my beer bottle. I'm good. Would you like a lap dance officer? And the police officer's like, sir, that is a completely different smoking gun story. We are not in Florida. This is enough of a train wreck. If we were here at Kid Rock's Big Ass Honky Tonk and Rock and Roll Steakhouse and this were in Florida, this would be a complete beep show. So no, we are not going there. Guy's like, I'm not moving. Sir, sir, you need to move from this emergency exit door. You need to step away. No, I'm not going to move. He starts fiddling with something. Police officer's like, what the, what the heck is this guy doing? He's white. Is he reaching for a gun? Do we shoot him? And the other one's like, no, you can't shoot white people in Tennessee. The other guy's like, well, he better not be pulling out a gun or I'm going to have to shoot him. And the guy whips out his colostomy bag. And they're like, what the? And the guy's like, I'm going to get my poo on you. And he starts flinging this colostomy bag at this poor cops. And the cops are like, oh, crap. And it, folks, it is literally crap. Just splatting on them, right? And it's just like poo everywhere. Just poo, 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 poo. All over the place. The cops are like, ah. Now I got poo on me. This guy's dump is on me from his colostomy bag. And the guy's like, take my poo, officers. Eat my poo. Right? And the cops are like, okay, enough. And they just tackle the guy and take him down. Right? Beer bottle goes out. Colostomy bag goes out. Right? And they arrest this guy and they haul his butt down to jail. And that, folks, that is what I think happened. Did I get that right, White by Malcolm X? Basically. Okay. I mean, let's face it, folks. It was kind of anticlimactic, right? He got the poo out and he sprayed him. They arrested him. End of story, right? It could have been a lot better of a story. 
like that dumb drunk chick in Florida. She carried on and on and on and on and on. This one, he went right for the poo. They went right for the cuffs. But on that note, folks, and since I cannot top a 39-year-old redneck racist Nazi from Tennessee flinging his colostomy bag at a couple of police officers, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug-pull this podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by this Sunday podcast of The Miller Frost Show with me, your host, Miller Frost, joined as always with my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great Mother's Day and end to your weekend. Have a wonderful start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. Help Jews in Poverty at HelpJewsNow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit HelpJewsNow.org. That's HelpJewsNow.org. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.